I'm Rachel Johnson, co-host of the Educals Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am excited to be here with you all. And yes, it's a little unusual, a little odd hour. It is Monday morning, but I am excited to be here with you. Nonetheless, we did have a weather day today uh, due to the Super Bowl. So I guess, as you know, uh, Super Bowl day after you do get a little weather day for some reason. But anyway, I am excited to be here with you all today with a wonderful guest who's joining us all the way from Estonia that it's about 5,700 miles away here from Texas where I am at. So I'm excited to welcome Mart Lume to the show today. And we're going to be talking about AR, VR, and Futu Class, which is an amazing, amazing platform that deals with uh, revolutionizing science education through the use of augmented and virtual reality spaces. So really excited to be here and talk to you all about today. But first, I always want to say thank you so much to all our audience members, to all our viewers, our subscribers, our followers. Thank you so much for all the likes, shares, and follows. I really appreciate you making my ad tech life what it is today. But again, let's go ahead and get started. And Mart, how are you doing this morning, Mart? Uh, doing good. More like an evening over here. But uh, ah. yes, we had a good day. I have a little baby, so three walks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sharing good family time and then working as much as I can in between. So it's, it's been a good day. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for making this happen. And I know, again, with different time zones, things get kind of tricky and so on. But thank you so much for being here, guest on the show. And I'm really excited and thankful that you reached out because as more and more, you know, technology is changing. We see everything, uh, you know, coming into the education space, all the great tools that are out there and the platform that you have. I've been reading a little bit up on it and I'm just really excited to hear your story. But before we get into Futu class, if you can just introduce yourself to our audience members, uh, viewers that may not know the work that you do, if you can share a little bit about your experience in this uh, uh, AR VR landscape. Yes, I've been in uh, AR. I'll maybe talk a bit later about the kind of bigger background picture. Uh, I've been VRAR since 2017. I was also mesmerized by the medium's capacity to basically transform a human being in a way. If it's an experience that is really powerful, it can give you so much so quickly. And this is especially true for education and training. Uh, and therefore, we um, also... So I'm, I'm, I lived in North America a good chunk of my life, but then I uh, came back to Estonia, let's say European side, let's say 2015 or so. And I've been into, um, Estonia has a really like thriving startup landscape. So it's really easy here to start a company. It's actually, it's our like country's pitch deck almost, but it takes like 12 minutes online and off you go. So every, every student has a startup more or less. And some of them uh, work out, many of them don't, but you learn, which is very good. And mine, um, I already had some experience before. And uh, yeah, so basically it only felt natural to combine uh, doing something useful in virtual reality and augmented reality and my background in game design uh, and also the team I found, uh, I mean, it all kind of pointed towards uh, this need to make um, 
basically fun, most engaging possible way to learn uh, science topics. So that's what uh, what we're working on at Futu Class. We're basically making uh, a platform uh, which is for uh, schools and for both home users uh, to learn science in. And we're kind of going at it at the more um, gamified kind of uh, first few years at school level. We're starting from there with chemistry and physics, and uh, we're building up from there. Excellent. Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, it's very interesting, like you mentioned, your experience that you have and where you're located in Estonia and working on this, coming up as a startup and the work that you are already doing. I mean, looking at your website, too, as well, you know, what it is that you're offering and, of course, you know, how the lessons are highly effective and looking into this, the gamified version. So it seems like you're really covering a lot of angles as far as what you are providing through this platform which is great because through my experience, I see that there may be some platforms that have, you know, maybe one or two things that, you know, are going really well, but then they're still missing a couple of things. And here it seems you've really taken the time to look through, to research, to see what needs uh, are being had at the school level, at the student level, at the learning level, and really implementing a little bit more of that. So uh, tell us a little bit about First of all, the inception of Futu class. How did that idea come about? Yeah, and, and thanks for that uh, compliment as well. We have been at it for three years, so it's everything comes bit bit by bit. You know, you, you you test, you you see how it works in schools, and there you add features to your product or take away. Uh, it came uh, in two directions actually. So myself, uh, as I mentioned before, I have a game design background. I lived in US a few years, uh, East Coast and Canada, BC, Vancouver for a good 10 years. I, I went to study my dream thing, game design back in 2004. And then I, I graduated. I worked in a bunch of different places. I did some educational games for the university. Then I worked in an animation studio. Then I eventually landed up at uh, a company called Tiny Spec which is really notable because, uh, and I was there really early. I was the first employee and um, this was a very accomplished team who had built Flickr and they actually built uh, what is currently uh, Slack, which probably many people are using every day. But before that they had a game. So many people don't know this. It's a very exciting story, but we built that game for four years. It was kind of a cult hit, I guess you could call it. Some people really loved it, but it wasn't meeting its commercial goals. And, and after that, I was basically had a choice. Do I want to do something more serious or do I want to go on to mobile games? Because that was all the rage back then. And uh, mobile games didn't have quite this immersive qualities I was looking for. So then I, I was a product, uh, project and product manager in a, a few different, inter also interesting places, but they're maybe not so relevant to mention here. But yeah, 2017 is when I uh, got back and uh, fell in love in VR. And then uh, 2019 is when I met my team in Future Class. I actually was looking around for educational opportunities uh, in the region, basically. And, and, and then I found these guys, and they had made a VR arcade, like the biggest one in Estonia, which, uh, and they discovered that all the kids come in, go crazy, play job simulator, pour printer in the coffee, like really excited, <laughs> the best thing in the world, but they don't really like, you could use this for education. Why isn't anybody seemingly doing anything in that direction? So they started working and then we kind of met. It was like the melding of the minds. And, um, and as this, Estonia is like really, we're quite innovative in education overall, like successful small country. And it's really easy to access like the best teachers, schools, uh, and to kind of, uh, uh, yeah, there is this joke, not joke, but the saying that the prime minister is just a phone call away. You know, you don't maybe know directly, but you know the person who knows the number definitely. It doesn't mean that you talk all the time or anything, but, it, but that's how connected everything is. 
So using uh, kind of the digitalization strength of Estonia and, uh, and this experience with VR and game design put together is, I think, what gives us like a really interesting uh, chance at uh, kind of taking a shot at this new, uh, uh, new way of learning, basically. Yes, absolutely. And talk about new ways of learning, you know, going through your website. And in a little bit, what I'll do is I'll actually pull up one of the lessons from your website, just the the video preview portion, which I absolutely love. What I love about your website is everything is right where it needs to be. And it's easy to follow. And then, of course, the previews of the lessons, looking at it and seeing, you know, the interaction, the explanation. And that's why I mentioned that it really seems that in these three years, that you have been going at it, putting pieces together and building your team and of course building the platform, it seems it is very robust and it offers a lot of what education or education and educators need to provide, you know, this type of learning to their students. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. And we talked a little bit about pre-chat. Uh, how accepting is this technology or how well accepted, I should say, is this technology in Estonia where you're working at in those schools? Yeah, uh, very good question. And I think it's in every country. So we're in about 10% of Estonian schools. Uh, it definitely doesn't, uh, you know, you have to work and, you know, promote and educate people, educate the market, so to say. Um, the factors that we have found kind of critical is um, you need to have a cheerleader or the person who is driving uh, the interest from the school side. Um, so that's like the key component. Uh, then often the different grants that have been given out uh, have been really helpful. So often a school writes that, you know, we need whatever, 10, 20 headsets uh, and there's a project they write and then they get uh, grant money from it. There are different ones floating around. I'm sure some opportunities like this in every country. Um, so that's been really uh, uh, usually when we do our bigger kind of uh, wave of sales. Um, and we also give webinars. Uh, so that's how we educate the, either people who are, uh, yeah, so we also have a webinar and we have a mentoring program. So a mentoring program is for teachers who are already using crypto class and all the ways how they could make the most of it. Uh, and, uh, and webinars are basically educating the market, telling uh, teachers, sharing their stories so it, it, they can really see how it can work. Uh, we also have a blog post, uh, educational games. I believe there's 72 of them now. Uh, that are offered in uh, standalone uh, VR devices. So we kind of publish an update every quarter. I, I think there also you see, so Photoglass is uh, obviously what we are kind of representing and wanting to uh, wanting everybody to try and, and know about, but there is a number of other games also in art, in, uh, in different disciplines like language learning, music, uh, math, or uh, what have you. Uh, and, and then for the school, it becomes more and more of an attractive uh, uh, offer basically by knowing that they can uh, do a lot of stuff on these headsets and also basically for every class and every age there are things to experience which really are as engaging as they can be possibly right so yeah it's, it's pretty exciting not for yeah. everybody but for most people i think it's very exciting yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like you said, you definitely need to have those champions in the schools, those pockets of innovators, those teachers that are willing to take a risk and really just take an uh, take that chance to try something new and present the information in a new way and a new innovative way. And in a way, maybe just thinking, too, of how this can prepare our students for the future of learning 
also for the future of work. As you know, a lot of things, you know, are in these platforms, AR, VR, you can do a lot of training through this. Yeah, you know, doctors use it. There's, you know, all sorts actually of um, really career and career choices. You have some sort of simulator that can be used and why not introduce something like this, not only in a specialized classroom like that here, they would have something like career technology, uh, but even just in the general education classroom, it would be something that would be wonderful for students to to really experience. Now, my question to you is also like, you know, you said that you've got those cheerleaders, you've got those teachers, you offer those services. Now, what are some of the biggest barriers that you may have? Because I'm going to share with you what our barriers are many times here in a lot of school districts is when a new technology piece or instrument such as AR, VR comes in, and now you're involving something that needs headsets, and you're involving something that may need some additional access that may be uh, current uh, chief technology officers don't want to give or for the fear of cybersecurity and information and data. Uh, what are some ways that you've been able to overcome some of those obstacles? Um, yeah, so we, um, yeah, so overall, um, there is, it's a pretty big topic. So there is a, a consumer version of uh, of the headsets that we're talking about. Usually it's Quest and Pico are the two kind of uh, leading ones. Uh, and then there is uh, enterprise version. And actually the education is kind of in between. It's kind of enterprise, but obviously a lot of the schools that buy them would rather prefer to have the consumer version. So that means you have all the options that a consumer has, theoretical. You can open a browser, you can do stuff. Uh, <clears throat> unless, of course, there are different uh, software you can put on it to kind of control that part. Uh, so there is, yeah, so there are some, we have found that some schools kind of care about this uh, security a lot, that they only want to limit the, uh, the usage to uh, the particular use case and that, have, uh, that being controlled by teacher, what exact app they have open at any time. Uh, so that uh, we can support. Uh, and also uh, there are other schools that just want to have the, uh, the version that uh, everybody has. And you can actually, so Photoglass has like a, a teacher portal uh, where on the web you can see anytime where each student is at and what they are, which uh, module they are connected in, what's their progress. Uh, so you can really easily detect if somebody is not doing what they're supposed to do. Excellent. So we have, I guess, solved it uh, with this web tool uh, for our uh, software. Uh, but yeah, if you're giving like an art lesson or, or, or something else where these web tools do not exist, then uh, yeah, you, you kind of have to trust, I guess. I mean, in, in some sense, uh, there isn't really any data that the device collects or that, that the app can collect, which is uh, in any how harmful that I can think of. Uh, and the student, as far as uh, visiting some web pages or, or things, you can also do it on your phone anytime or uh, in your laptop. So I don't know if, uh, yeah, I think it's yep. a pretty minute problem. I think usually uh, instead we find the benefits outweigh this risk quite a bit. Uh, and one, one of the ones I'd like to mention is that we really disco discovered that this isolation that VR offers is a real uh, avenue, like a Trojan horse almost into the minds of the students that are just not that excited by default about learning often. Uh, either they have uh, kind of short attention spans or they just, you know, in the backseat, uh, you know, misbe misbehaving in various ways. And suddenly when they're in VR, it's like all gone. They are like as involved as like what happened here, you know. Uh, so, so we really find this, it, it, it's really inclusive 
in a sense that all the students are super into it in this uh, purposefully designed environment, interacting and learning. So, so yeah, I'd like to conclude that I think the benefits outweigh the, the risks of security. Absolutely. And I agree with you on that. I mean, we're talking a little bit about pre-chat and I agree with you that oftentimes the benefits do outweigh um, those things or those barriers that are put up. And oftentimes it's due to just not wanting to look or look at it or maybe not knowing how it's done or how to implement it. But, you know, sometimes it, it really we just really need to start that conversation with a lot of chief technology officers that are out there and understanding, yes, cybersecurity is a risk, but are we looking at all possible venues to not, uh, you know, put barriers to student learning and enhancing student learning and moving innovation forward? Because oftentimes that's what gets us stuck in doing things the way we've always done them and expecting different results, but we don't get them. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I have a question here, Mart, from, uh, we have a LinkedIn uh, viewer, and she says here, do you also have experiences in soft skills teaching through AR, VR, or XR in students or teachers, such as empathy, resilience, et cetera? Thank you. Flavia, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Flavia. Great question. Uh, the short answer is that uh, no, because it takes a while to build like really high quality interactive experiences. So we have focused on the science subjects, um, but I do, I can recommend Body Swaps. It's a UK based company. They're quite good. Uh, I think they're focused on enterprise, but I think they also have, uh, I think they have lessons that apply to everyone, which is specifically teaching about soft skills, how to like act in uh, different uh, tense situations, how to diffuse things, uh, how to spot the behavior that's uh, kind of uh, uninclusive, let's say. And uh, so yeah, body swaps is my, is my first thought. Excellent. But you're absolutely right. That I think there are several more companies. I just can't think of them on top of my head. And that is also a really great field for VR to uh, basically uh, change people in, into the, towards the more positive outcomes or like ways of uh, behaving and living. Excellent. Thank you, Mart. And I did want to touch back also on one thing that you mentioned as far as student engagement, which is something that I do agree with you many times as, as a former classroom teacher. For many years, there was often students that, you know, were done with their work very easily. I mean, it was something that was done quite quickly or maybe students that, you know, just found it a little uh, difficult just to sit still and so on. It didn't mean that they weren't learning. It was just, I had to just, you know, present the learning in a different way so that they can be engaged and so on. But it's very interesting that you mentioned, it's like once they put on that headset, that isolation where they're just zoned in and engaged, I can definitely see that being very helpful for many students that otherwise might not be engaged with the lesson. And now that they're fully immersed in it, uh, just completely being part and in a lesson is something that I think could be very useful, which kind of leads me to my next question to you also, which is what's the impact that you've seen of Futu class in Estonia within the schools that are currently adopting it? Yeah, so we, so we've measured like uh, kind of short term, um, like let's say in reaction balancing. I think there was, I think it was sixty two percent. Like basically in half an hour, you can learn how to balance reactions, uh, which might have taken you, depending on student, of course, but uh, could take you like several full lessons or even a few weeks. Um, so so the numbers actually we're running like a bigger test now, and we don't have the results yet, uh, but uh, it's definitely. 
Um, engagement, I think, is the number one value that a lot of people who otherwise would not uh, think much of necessarily uh, about kind of becoming interested in chemistry that deeply. Uh, they do. And, and the other one is, yeah, that, that when they do get involved, then the, the rate at which they are learning is a lot more faster and efficient due to the kind of immersive nature of the, of the medium. And I should also mention we have uh, lesson plans for teachers and we have like quizzes you can take before and after. So how we measure this um, one way is that we do the test on a particular set of uh, information before and then after the uh, after playing and then after that session uh, we can see the the rate of studying. You can of course these numbers can be manipulated in different ways. So we're trying to be as objective as possible. So therefore, if I say sixty-two percent, it kind of depends what. But but the fact is really that they are. Uh, very fast learning a thing and they have a super good time doing it. So this really carries over to uh, uh, their in their enthusiasm towards the subject itself. Absolutely. And I agree with you. And in looking at that, that's one thing that I absolutely love, Marth, that you included. It was lesson planning. And that's something that's very important. As we know, as educators, you know, we have to have some sort of documentation as far as lesson plan and what it is that is involved. So the fact that you already have that built in also within that lesson, and I downloaded a, a document, also the lesson plan that you have available. And I'll also be sharing that a little bit about that as soon as we get into that piece, because I really do want uh, our educators, our listeners, our people that will be rewatching this also to be able to see what it is that you offer, because right now I just I'm kind of I'm listening and we're going through this. But man, the the graphics and what is available here is something that is great and it's very exciting. All right. So now as far as right now, currently, are you solely just being used in Estonia or have there been any other adoptions in other countries that have seen what your platform can do and said, hey, we want this too as well? Uh, yes, we have a few like loan sales in UK and US. I believe we're we just kind of went international. Uh, I don't know, maybe three to six months ago. So we're still sort of uh, get finding our way into these markets and figuring out the best channels and so on. Uh, but yeah, definitely Estonia is. Uh, that's also one of the things about the mindset that building just the local market doesn't pan out in the long run. There's just not enough people. Uh, there's one and a half million people in Estonia, roughly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's an easily localized uh, product. So it's now it's in English and Estonian, and we are, uh, likely adding uh, new languages also in future. Um, yeah, and it's available in a way, sorry, it's not like a plug, but just to kind of, uh, uh, mention because you mentioned like, how, we, how, how, how does it, uh, perhaps work? The sales is that, yeah, you basically, uh, it's a license based model. Uh, so um, it's a device-based license. Uh, it's annual, and yeah, and uh, right now it just works like this: that you basically write us, and we'll have a talk. I explain you how everything works, uh, which hopefully you find uh, quite easy and reasonable, and then we can uh, basically uh, make the licenses available to you uh, for uh, for a fee. Um, and uh, we're also having an end-user version actually coming uh, very soon in a month maybe a month and a half, depending on how long the submission process goes, uh, into the Quest store at first and then Pico store. And we're having three, four modules uh, available for play. And we will be adding to those over time as well. So it should Excellent. also be something interesting for uh, home users 
sounds good. And one thing that I do love also that you mentioned is just being conscientious of possibly adding more languages. As you know, like that's something that's huge for many platforms to be able to offer that. And especially in the education space, we definitely want to make sure that as we have students come in from all parts of the world, you know, that they all have something that they feel comfortable with when they're doing their learning. Well, well, Marth, Marth, excuse me, at this time, what I want to do is I want to go ahead and share my screen because I've been waiting for this moment so we can kind of show a little bit about Futu class and some of the lessons that are there, some of the lesson plans, and maybe you can walk us through a little bit more through that. So what I'm going to do at this time, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen here. And let's go here to... I like the practical approach, so it's not just talking heads, you know, actually. Yes, exactly. So here we go. So I'm going to go into full screen, but everybody will be able to hear. So right now here is just an example of a lesson plan that I found there in uh, within the built-in lesson. But I just wanted to share this first, really, because for a lot of teachers and educators, it's like, well, if it doesn't have a lesson plan or it doesn't have this, then that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I wanted to share this. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you develop these lessons, how the lesson plan is developed, maybe, you know, within your team. Yeah, so we have a number of teachers that we work with. Uh, we actually visit their classes um, and they themselves uh, use our, they constantly give feedback. So we don't release the study module really until uh, it's good enough. We find that it works without hiccups. Uh, the experience is smooth and the learning goals are achieved. That can take, um, I guess, anywhere from three to five iterations. Um, and then uh, lesson plans are born kind of in the process. So the teacher, uh, and there's several usually that work uh, with one module, they teach it in class, and then uh, we observe ourselves and they themselves get feedback from, uh, from, the less, uh, from the students and they adjust and tune this plan until it's uh, great, easy to use and, and kind of makes sense in every way. So that's roughly the formula. It starts, uh, yeah, there is reflection questions in the end. So that's also available as a Google Forms. Um, and uh, on the top there, there is uh, basically learning goals, pre-requirements for the student, uh, and then a kind of brief description, how long it takes. Usually it's around, let's say, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and then the description of uh, what this module is exactly and then what do you do with it. We do yeah. recommend every teacher to definitely play a module at least once. Uh, They'll probably do pretty well because they know the subject inside out uh, to kind of get an idea, especially what's what's happening in there. Um, but yeah, basically, this uh, lesson plan uh, lets you run a lesson like very easily and 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 uh, give hints also at at at, at uh, different students at places where they are stuck. And you can yeah. kind of cross-reference this to the teacher portal where you then yeah, see every student and what particular step they're at in that particular module. Yeah. I And I love kind of the overall, like the simplicity of this. It's very straightforward, very easy to read. And I love the fact that you included some of these reflection questions here at the end also, just so students can reflect, you know, and it's also for a cue for teachers to say, hey, you know, let's take time. Let's go ahead and reflect. And if we're doing this, you know, and maybe we forgot that component, it's there in the lesson plan. And now we can go ahead and talk about this. So I absolutely love this aspect of it too as well. And now what I'm going to do is let me go ahead and share uh, the actual lesson or the lesson video that we've got. So let me go ahead and here, go here right. and we will go to entire screen. Here we go. All right. So this is what I love here on your website. So I'll go just here to Futu class. And then what I did is I just went here to VR lessons 
and you have your lessons here. What I love here also, you've got your all subjects specifically for chemistry. You've got specifically for physics and other, which is great. You know, we're going to learn how to assemble a kitchen here as well. But let's go back there to that balancing equations lesson, which is this one right here. And I'll kind of just play the, the little video here as you kind of describe what it is that we're seeing. Uh, yes, so this is a reaction balancing uh, module. Uh, you learn to balance. You can see different representations of uh, formulae on the uh, reaction balancing table. So that ended really quickly. But basically, there's a left side and right side. One has regions. The other one has products. And you need to get them in balance. And you start by working with a specific um, models of the molecules. Um, and then uh, you work your way up. So in, you're pre you presented them in different uh, formats with different kind of aids. And then those aids fall away, uh, helpers in a way, visual helpers. And then in the end, you basically can do the thing on paper uh, or, you know, by numerically balancing like, like you end up. So this is something that, uh, like I mentioned before, can uh, really accelerate the pace of learning for how to balance reactions. Absolutely. And just looking at the, the types of lessons that you have here and just with these short little videos, really, it it doesn't seem overwhelming. Like you said, you know, many times it looks very well done as far as the animation, as far as the characters, the movement, everything. It is very gamified, but it doesn't take away from what it is that you're learning. I mean, this you still have all your lessons here. You still have your chemicals, you're working with all of this. And so that's something that I love because oftentimes teachers may think, oh, well, this is only a gimmick. This is this only will work for so long and so on. But honestly, this right here is one of the better platforms that I have seen where it is very intuitive and it just seems like, you know, you could easily maneuver through this as a student and as a teacher alike too as well and really find that added value. So altogether, Mart, how many lessons do you have uh, for your science bundle that you have for chemistry and physics? So currently we have 10 in chemistry, two in physics, uh, and we have, uh, yeah, a number more modules in production. Um, and then, yeah, so for the school version, uh, there's, there's also a few additional ones that uh, are, um, we've kind of done the side projects, like you showed the kitchen assembly before. But if you focus on science, then yeah, so currently it's 10 physics, uh, 10 uh, chemistry, two physics. And I should also say how we, how we go, how we decide what to uh, develop. Uh, we ran uh, surveys several times about the most difficult to teach topics for chemistry and physics teachers. And we have a full list and we basically go pluck them from the top. And we, uh, you know, spend quite a bit of time about the learning outcomes and, and the best possible uh, ways to teach each uh, kind of concept, some like redox reactions, so some can get pretty, uh, nuclear reactions can get pretty heavy, uh, but uh, we're, we're doing, I think, pretty good at, at working on them and making them as easy and uh, kind of spatial, uh, bit, bit by bit, like uh, understandable as possible for students. So um, yeah, and moving um, by your own, uh, at your own pace is, is also a really big advantage. I think you alluded to before how, uh, yeah. uh, perhaps the student can proceed independently and only get help when he or she actually needs it. So the teacher can also come in, doesn't need to, you know, babysit everybody in the whole class all the time, only goes to those who are in need. And that, that seems to work really well and kind of uh, uh, one up in a way uh, teachers, uh, at least in VR classes, it seems to us that this kind of frees the teacher up to actually focus on the places where 
he or she can provide like the most value to each student. Excellent. And, you know, and that's great. Also, what I love is that I'm hearing you're getting that feedback, you're taking that back, you're working on those things and working on those lessons that you said, listening to educators with their experience, those lessons that are very difficult, I guess, maybe for them to present or maybe for students to understand and offering a different modality for them to learn. And I think that's something that's very important that you are listening to your consumer. And I think that that's one of the best things that I love to hear from uh, platforms that they do is really taking back that feedback, going back, working on it, tweaking it and making it better because at the end, you really care about your end consumer, whether it's the teacher and also whether it's the student as well. So that's wonderful. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited about this. So let me ask you a couple of things though, as, as food to class, you know, continues to grow and expands. And of course, mm -hmm. now, like you said, you're more from Estonia in the U S also, you know, I bet, I think you mentioned in the UK also as well, you know, growing, expanding globally. Uh, what are the goals of the platform in the end to meet the changing needs of the teachers and the students? Uh, the goal, um, at least the, let's say two, three year goal is to build out the proper uh, uh, set of modules that cover the curriculum. Um, I think we're starting probably from this uh, age where science is just starting to be taught because our kind of sweet spot is where it's not 100% like uh, serious kind of, because you need to put a lot of content in there and make it really kind of like a lecture too much. Uh, we find the interaction is, is uh, we find that sweet spot where we can teach things via interaction. So it's a bit like... Uh, do don't show or you know how movies are like show don't tell so in a way we're trying to make you learn through doing i think that's really powerful and uh, memorable and, and and kind of where our core uh, core strengths are as well as a team um yeah so it's basically chemistry physics uh, biology uh, and then we'll uh, build up from there uh, so now we're covering uh, in estonia it's a secondary school curriculum so seventh to ninth grade and then we'll likely climb up there from uh, 10 to 12. And our aim is, uh, is yeah, to become basically the best kind of gamified learning VR solution uh, provider in the world. Uh, and uh, I think there is quite an explosion happening in this market because uh, it feels like there is a cusp coming. Maybe, maybe like I can at least hear it kind of here and there. Uh, so maybe in a year or two, we'll see. I think the headsets are just getting cheaper. Um, there's a number of schools that are now kind of after being... Uh, Hearing about this for a long time seems to be ready to uh, come in. And uh, there's also quite a few really excellent solutions coming to market, which are game changers. So um, I think it's a great time for uh, VR and education. And I think everybody's uh, benefiting, really. Yeah, so. absolutely. I agree with that. Let me see here. Uh, I have another comment here from Flavia. It says, do you also do teacher training in XR learning? Uh, so we have done this uh, also. Very good question again. Thank you. Uh, we have done this in Estonia in a kind of a like a group setting. So we have like a day where, you know, 20 teachers come together and we go through a lot of stuff and uh, like a four hour training or so. And uh, we are looking at ways how to do it efficiently uh, abroad. We might actually have a few coming up in U.S. in a few in the next few months. Uh, you can just follow our uh, social media for the, those announcements. Uh, UK, we haven't done it, but we're, we're looking into this. And, and then and so obviously other markets as well. Um, so yes, uh, the thing is that you want to scale it. Uh, you want to do it scalably. So you want to do like, 
uh, in-person training if that works the best uh, if there's a way to do like kind of webinar type of stuff where people share experience uh, that can also work um yeah that's just a short answer so we do, do teacher training uh, uh not exactly in this kind of uh, you know it's not a two-week course or something so it's it's uh, it's maybe half a day or so but it's it's really like not that different from regular teaching i think and you'd be surprised how quickly the students understand this hardware uh, often it's like teachers are a bit confused, but students are like, "Woo, but I'm in, let's do it. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite easy, I think. Excellent. And Flavia says here, great. This is a field much needed also for us teachers, trainers at university. And yes, Flavia is at the university level. So that's something that's great. So, you it's, know, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. If, if our content can somehow a map to what uh, what you're doing or needing to teach, then uh, please, please feel free to get in touch. Um, yeah, definitely. I think learning at all ages, uh, uh, ages and kind of levels is going to be very heavily impacted because VR is like the perfect training machine in a way or education machine. So I think uh, it will just go, you know, it'll grow like gangbusters at one point, like really snowballing. I think we're just at the beginning of this right now. So it's, it's yeah. really great that you're looking into the future. Yeah, no, and I agree. And one thing I just want to add that I did see or have seen here in the United States, uh, you know, even during COVID, it seems like before and and again, me working here in the K-12 space, always thinking like, man, why, why are we so more much more innovative than, you know, higher ed, and we're so much more innovative, but so it just seems like something happened during COVID that all of a sudden, you know, higher ed really stepped up their game. And now you're seeing a lot of universities here in the United States that have, of course, their digital twin. They are doing uh, AR, VR for their coursework. You know, students are getting, you know, goggles, attending class, they're creating, they're being part of their learning. Uh, university uh, faculty and staff are no longer siloed where now they interact and can and share ideas within the classrooms uh, as they meet online. And I think that that's something that's wonderful. And like you said, you know, that right now I'm seeing such big adoption there. And I had the privilege to uh, interview Dr. Messina Morris from Morehouse College, and they're doing mm -hmm. phenomenal work there. Yeah, they're doing phenomenal work there, too, as well. So I'm really seeing and, and you know, just going off of Flavia's comment, absolutely, you know, the higher ed space is definitely, to me, doing a little bit more. And it seemed like the K-12 space kind of went back a little bit where when we came back from COVID, it's like, no, no, put all technology away. We don't want to use that anymore. And now we're slowly kind of trying to bring it back. But it, it's it it's very difficult. You know, many teachers still are a little bit scared to bring back that tech, maybe because they associate it with COVID and they just don't want to deal with the that experience anymore and all that. But uh, like I said, it's it's definitely something that is the future of learning. I've always said the future of work too, as well. So I'm really excited for the work that you're doing. So one last question to uh, to you, Mike. Before, before you do, I'll, I'll add yeah. to that because it was a very very you made such good points. Uh, I think the the two things, uh, the two kind of bigger trends, because in a way, like teachers' profession, uh, if it's okay to say such a thing, has not been super um, helped by the progress of technology in the last you know long time, few hundred years. Uh, you often still teach like there are obviously many tools that make it a lot better, but you don't teach like thousand students like in, you know, uh, one hour or something. You don't give a class to thousand students, which is kind of comparable to the rate of progress in most other uh, professions, really. 
aided, as aided by technology. So two things that uh, we see happening here is one is the kind of metaverse schools where it doesn't really matter where you are. Like you could be your underpants and give like a world-class uh, lesson to like, you know, people all, all over the world studying something really specific, complicated. Uh, and the other um, direction is basically automating a lot of this teaching or making it like spatial, interactive. Um, and then you can really, um, yeah, so you can proceed a lot of the lesson uh, content intake uh, actually interactively, uh, spatially. Uh, so it's it's even better than watching like a video of something, somebody talking, taking notes. It's actually you're doing the thing. Uh, so those two are like, I think, really ways that can uh, enable uh, teachers to basically you know, teach a lot more people more efficiently uh, in the coming decade to hope, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah, there is some Zoom fatigue and so on, but I hope also that people are realizing that uh, it's kind of a positive thing that to happen, that schoolhouse is not where you necessarily go every morning, like to work, but it's a place may, maybe where you come to do certain things or, or meet together. A bit similar ideas like remote work, so. Excellent. Yeah. I, Amanda Macias, thank you so much for joining. She says here, education spaces trying to replicate the traditional space with technology, calling it innovative is not really being innovative. All right. So thank you so yeah. much for that. It's, it says here, we know, we now know we learn better in immersive environments. Excellent. Point, yeah. It's every new technology that comes, you know, first of all, it's like why the VR meeting looks like in a, you're in a boardroom. It's the first step. And then you kind of uh, go from there. Maybe you're flying around. Maybe yeah. you're <laughs> flying inside your presentation. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's native to the medium that will uh, come out of it as, as the next step. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And then last question before we kind of start wrapping up, Mart. Of course, we know recently and within the past two months and or so, maybe a little bit over, of course, the release of a lot of AI tools that are out there. So my last question to you is with the rise of AI technology and education, what implications do you see for the use of augmented and virtual reality in the classroom? Um, there's a lot. Uh, and this is a very, very exciting topic. I don't know if you uh, tried uh, using the chat GPT, but you can basically have it do amazing tasks for you. It's not always perfect, but it's, it's really amazing. Uh, and it's kind of a new way of creating things. Basically, you're kind of iterating uh, with chat GPT on what, uh, it, I guess, is working on versus like just being on this mammoth task for, you know, a couple of hours to get some piece of writing done or whatever. Um, I see, uh, so very directly, I see uh, getting all kinds of hints and, and being able to interact like natural in natural language and, and getting information back that is uh, relevant and, and basically immediately and, uh, and on the development side, uh, needing to basically feed a bunch of text to this uh, uh, let's call it AI, uh, like that's like a really big win because you basically, the, teach, uh, the student again can learn basically in her own way, not just, uh, you know, interactively, but really can ask in any way possible and they'll get like an answer that is relevant based on the data that this, uh, this AI entity knows. So that's massive. Uh, there is also content creation. There is, uh, like there are so many things like, um, for example, this, uh, Ready Player Me, like the avatar platform just realized, uh, just sorry, released like a alpha version of the avatar API where you can basically say what kind of texture you want to your shirt and pants and then boom, you have it. I typed in something very stupid. I think I put three headed monkey on a deep cup or something and I got, and I got something 
it wasn't like you know the biggest artwork but so there is all the content creation we'll have uh, huge uh, uh, upsides uh, in, in a sense uh, obviously it will develop to become uh, more like uh, uh, it, there'll be a lot of noise too <laughs> but I think overall the, the, the things that can come out of it are amazing um, I don't know what, what do you think would happen what uh, what kind of tools are you looking forward to most or what kind of fields of education you uh, see I don't know. Just for me, it's really just tools to help teachers get back time. You know, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, right now, Chad GPT, like for many schools is blocked and it's okay. I see the terms of agreement. You got to be 18 and older, but don't block it for the teachers. You know, this could be a very useful tool for teachers for learning, for actually learning the tool, number one, embracing that tool, because at the end of the day, the students may not be using it in school but they're going to go home and they're going to end up using it. So we need to make sure we have those conversations where instead of fearing uh, new technology, we embrace it. We kind of start learning a little bit more of it and start feeling comfortable with it. You know, and oftentimes it's just, I feel that there's a lot of fear uh, that's put out into the education space. And then teachers are just panicking like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, I'm not going to have a job, my job security, this, in anything, you know, and in any career, you have to be able to adapt and then change and embrace the tech that is coming and learn it because in learning it, you feel more comfortable with it. And then in learning it, I feel that you also feel empowered to mm -hmm. say like, hey, you know, I don't I shouldn't fear the tech. I can control the tech, too, as well, as far as, you know, inputs, uh, you know, the better input, the better output I'm going to get, say, like chat GPT. But doing those things can really help, you know, grow one personally, professionally, but also to continue to learn and enhance learning for all students, because this is not going to go away. And what we're seeing now is probably the worst that we'll see. And as years go by, it's going to get better and better and better and better. So we just need to embrace the tech. And that's why I've been a huge proponent since 2018, like you mentioned, you know, about mm -hmm. AR, VR. And then, of course, now with AI tools, it's something that's very important in our landscape. And it's going to be part of our landscape from here on out. And I've seen also university. Per and here's the thing. University professors have been able to adapt to this new technology a lot better than what I've seen in the K-12 space. And mm -hmm. even my doctoral uh, professors have said, hey, we know this is out there. If you use it please make sure you cite where you used it, why you used it, how you used it. And we're okay because there isn't like a plan set. They're still developing what is going to happen, but they're saying for now, just let us know and don't just turn something in, have it done completely through chat GPT, but let us know where you used it, how and why. And of course, you're still going to have to cite your sources for your research and so on. But I mean, even they have been able to adapt to that situation. So yeah, definitely a lot of learning, a lot of adapting, but I think that it's going to have a lot of great things in the, in the long run for education, for student, for learning and for all fields altogether, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of your grading and kind of ensuring that the student really understands and obtains all the skills. Yeah. You need to rework some pretty uh, tried and true methods over time but i think also it's good because the new world is coming and you know it's a bit like trying to make people 
look through things in the library very hard where you could just Google stuff. Yes. You know, kind of going against it. So, yeah. Absolutely. The times. Excellent. Well, Mart, thank you so much for a great conversation this morning. Thank I really you. appreciate you sharing. And, you know, I, I'm really excited about what the future of Futu class is going to have. If what it is that I'm seeing right now is any indication of where it's going, I'm really excited for to see the progression within the next couple of months and even in the next couple of years to be able to provide a different modality to learn science and to really engage your students. And so thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being here today also as well. But before we go, I always love to end the show with the following three questions. And I know that it was very interesting because I forgot to send you the questions ahead of time. So you might be put on the spot here, but- Real reactions. Yeah, real reactions. So question number one, if you're familiar with Superman, his weakness was kryptonite. That is what weakened Superman. So I want to ask you, in the current state of education, what would you say is your edu kryptonite? Uh, my as in personal or uh, companies? No, yours is in personal, like what you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, or companies. Yeah, let's go ahead and that. If that makes it easier. We'll you mean that something too. that is like uh, something that can hurt you, basically. Yeah, something that weakens you like, oh, I wish that they wouldn't do right. that or, you know. Um, like, I think the... I don't know if that's like a good answer, but like one thing is that there's, it's quite opaque, like who has VR headsets basically, and who is like open to explore and uh, defining those. I actually asked ChatGPT the other day, he gave some schools, I don't know, I have to follow <laughs> up with them to see if it's true or not. And uh, so really like this coming together of, uh, uh, yeah, people who basically want to make this happen. I feel like, and I really thought of this just now, but I'm just thinking that we're struggling quite a lot to like find the market. I wish there was like an easier channel, I guess. I don't know if there is some education innovators uh, club uh, that gathers people who love into XR into some channel and then they could just talk about it. Um, yeah, I think that's one. And then maybe I also wish that the, there is kind of this joke that uh, in enterprise market, you have, uh, well, let's say consumer market, you get fast to market and there is little money enterprise market it's very slow to sell something but there's a lot of money and in education it's slow to sell and there's little money so it's a joke but i think it's actually changing now quite rapidly because education on the other hand is basically the most important thing like you know if you're thinking about the future what can you do to make it better it's basically better education uh, so, and it seems that a lot of ed tech has been rising on the rise in the last uh, decade even i would say so yeah so yeah, what I yeah what I wanted to say was that I hope that the, there is maybe some special education version coming out of a headset someday. I think that would really be useful. So because enterprise is a bit of a different market, they would pay a lot for the solution, uh, and consumer would you know basically all have their own interest. I feel like education is exactly in between. It would really uh, help to kind of uh, yeah yeah. Excellent. That's a that good answer. A in a way. That is a really good answer. You really did well on that because I, I do agree with you at on what you said. And uh, but like you said, it, even like you said that joke, I was like, wow, like that. That's really that really a lot of truth in that for sure. But uh, yeah, so I agree with that. All right. So question number two. All right. Yes. And again, this one again might throw you off a little bit because and you, you have to really think on the spot here is if 
Mart can have any billboard or could have a billboard, you know, they're in Estonia, a billboard, a big sign with anything on it, what would it be and why? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I've heard it in Tim Ferriss' show, like probably answered in a hundred different ways, but I don't remember any of them. So I'll try to make up my own. Uh, I actually, well, it's actually, it's a bit easy because I don't know if it's easy, but the, so my car number plate reads like be good, which has like different variations. It's kind of uh -huh. be good at what you do, be good towards other people and be good in traffic. Don't drive too fast and so on. Uh, but maybe that's too cheesy. Hmm. Like be more, I think is a pretty common, but it's also a bit cheesy. Hmm. <laughs> I think maybe I, let, let's do the third question, and maybe if I get some brilliant idea, meanwhile I'll 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 come back to this. But all right, okay. So here's the third question, and I don't know. Maybe you might have to think about this one too, or maybe not. But I always like to ask. Let's say that this was the Futu Class podcast, and you, Mart, are the host. I am your guest. What is one question you'd like to ask me? Mm. Um, I think because you have such a long uh, or a wide spectrum uh, kind of vision towards everything that's happening in EdTech, I, I wonder what are you most excited about? Or maybe you can even point out some concrete companies of, uh, of the use cases that uh, make you the most excited uh, that would come to market or they are in the market. Oh, yeah. So right now, currently there, I have been approached by a couple of companies that I think are doing some phenomenal work that for the education space. One of them is Adapter and they are out of Sweden and they've developed or they're start, they're working on developing it right now. It's for iOS and Android, but doing it for Chromebooks as well. And what it is, is you as a learner, let's say that and this was geared for a specific niche of students that need additional supports. So let's say that they have, uh, you know, they need some learning supports. They can't engage very well in, in school, but they can extend the learning at home. So what can happen is they take a picture of what it is that they're learning. All right. So it could be like a picture, let's say of a pyramid. And then what it's going to do is it's going to bring up facts about the pyramid. It's going to give them a little mini lesson. Uh, that they can go ahead and watch. And then it's going to give them some questions that they can go ahead and look at to kind of extend the lesson from the classroom outside the classroom. And to me, that's very exciting use case for AI and being able to pull up that information. The other one is being able to create uh, a lesson plan or actually uh, create lessons right on the spot. So I go into this platform, I type in water cycle, and it's immediately going to give me some slides uh, dealing with the water cycle, some questions, and I can go ahead and share that with my students. So again, it goes back to saving time for the teacher, but also extending the learning for the student. And so those are some of the things that I am really excited about in the education space, obviously, along with AR, VR, because that's always been my first passion which is, again, providing different modalities for students to engage in the learning, not so much, you know, teacher-centered, but student-centered as well. So those are some of the things that I'm really excited about to see more of within the next couple of years and just see where education goes. Thank you. That's a great answer. Also, <laughs> it's really interesting how you think that basically it's like you want to teach something 
about a topic, it's kind of like a Wikipedia article, but maybe some sort of AI middle person can uh, put this in the format that is uh, most relevant uh, to the particular person asking this question, right? Like, you know, explain blockchain to a, whatever, on a seventh grade, to a seventh grader, yeah. that kind of stuff. But also with like visuals and all kinds of things. Yeah, that's, that is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I think on that billboard, I'd also put something about trying VR, but I, but I feel like there should be some killer app uh, uh, that makes it like really worth doing for every person on the planet. I'm not sure we're there yet, but uh, yeah, maybe when one really cool headset model comes out that's like light and does magical stuff, I would promote <laughs> that. Yeah, no, for sure. That'd be very exciting. But like you said, maybe just like like a generic trial, just so everybody experiments, see what is there, see what is possible. And then, of course, you've got different platforms such as yourself that is offering, you know, the in the science space. And uh, also just the cost, I think, too. The cost of entry for uh, AR, VR, I think that's often a barrier, too, because of the headsets. And, you know, but I think, like you said, maybe as time goes on, the headsets will be a little bit uh, more a lot cheaper, more accessible, and there'll be maybe some interoperability between uh, platforms too as well, so that everybody can you know be able to meet all together. It doesn't matter what headspace you or head uh, headset you have and what platform, but there's some method where everybody will be able to meet all together at once. So that would be really great. Definitely love to try it out. And one last question here, Mart. I have a question here. It says, is there a demo lesson that uh, Amanda can try out right now on um, Oculus? There is actually. So if you go, if you search for Future Class Education uh, in the Oculus Store, it's in App Lab. It's pretty hard to get education apps published, but uh, hopefully one day we'll get there. Uh, yeah, so Future Class Education, and uh, there's four demo, four modules, uh, four modules demo, demos, four module demos. Yeah, yes. demos of four modules available for you to try. And then, uh, yeah, if you're interested in more for your school, then uh, just send us a message, and we'll have like an end user, fully uh, full version coming in, yeah, like month, month Excellent. and a half. Happy awesome. Well, it seems that she found it. She put here, never mind, I found it. So she found it. Amanda's great. She's definitely gonna get on there, and I'm pretty sure that she's gonna share her findings and so on. So definitely a great person to get in contact with. So Amanda, also encourage you to make sure that you follow Futu Class on Twitter as well. So make sure that. Um, you uh, connect with them. And I guess that, that would be the best way also to be able to connect with you, uh, right, Mart, through, through Twitter? Would that be okay for somebody yeah, to DM Twitter, you? Twitter is great. Also our homepage, we have like a chat button. But I think easier is that. Or if you want email, just info at photoclass.com is very... Uh, also, we read all of them actively, so... Perfect. Excellent work. All right. Well, Mart, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate you sharing your passion, sharing uh, the future of Futu Class with us too as well and what it is that you're trying to accomplish and your mission to bring science to life and really engage students. And of course, I am excited, again, like I mentioned, to see where you will be within the next three, six, nine, and even a year because of the work that you're doing and also just how great your lessons look right now. I'm really excited and hopefully we'll be able to see a lot more Futu class here in the US as many people are starting to uh, really uh, open up about new technologies, new modalities and AR, VR, AI, all of that will be here for, for a while. So we definitely need to embrace it and learn a little bit more of, about it and learn more of it 
so we can definitely make an impact in the education space. So thank you so much for all our audience members that were currently watching. I know Amanda was here, Flavia was here. Thank you so much for your comments. Those of you that will be catching this on the replay, thank you so much as always for all of your support. Please make sure that you stop by our website at myedtech.life so you can check out this episode and the other 174 amazing episodes where you can learn from amazing educators and creators. Take a little bit of that knowledge, sprinkle it onto what you are already doing great, and just continue to move the education needle forward. Please make sure also you stop by our merch store so you can continue to support our mission for cre uh, connecting educators and creators one show at a time. But as always, my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie.